Hi, everybody. I'm Ralph Ben Merigi, and this is not that kind of rabbi. Well, these are interesting, interesting times, as the Chinese would say. May you live in interesting times. Well, we are living that at this moment. We're alone. In some strange ways, we're together. We all share a certain anxiety at this time all over the world. We all share that we're in isolation from each other. And yet I feel more connected to so many people who either I or they never had the time to connect in the last little while or years or decades. I've heard from people that I have forgotten about. Just wanted to see how I was doing. We have this thing that we haven't had, time. You know, in our tradition, the Jewish tradition, our architecture of the spirit is fashioned in time. The lunar calendar, the seven days, the 49 years, and the seventh day, the Sabbath. Abraham Joshua Heschel writes beautifully about the Sabbath and talks about this architecture that we create. We're a portable people. It's better that we do things that have to do with time, seasons, instead of buildings and fortresses. We don't have the luxury in most times to create those fortresses. 2,000 years of wandering is a curse and a blessing, a real blessing. We have been able to be hosted by many, some horribly and some beautifully. But we have grafted ourselves into the global consciousness. And right now the global consciousness seems possessed with time. How much time should we be spending alone? How much time can we take being alone? What happened to all that time when I wasn't at home and commuting an hour, two hours, three hours in one day to get to that work that now somehow they tell me it's okay, you can do it from home. It's a strange time. You know, it's... Uh, a kind of a two-worlds existence at this point, the one that we used to live in and the one we might be living in in the future. I wonder if there'll be a paradigm shift. I wonder if we'll feel like, what was I thinking? Driving my kids to here and there, telling people, you know, we should get together soon. <laughs> and then not getting together at all. Because this Friday doesn't quite work. We got this thing, but maybe next Friday we got, well, we don't have this thing. And now people are, if they're lucky enough to have the computer to work with, they're saying, look, I'll, uh, I'll Skype you later today. It's not like I've got something better to do. The Sufi poet Rumi has always been translated to English by Coleman Barks. Here's what I like today. Tending two shops. Don't run around this world looking for a hole to hide in. There are wild beasts in every cave. If you live with mice, 
The cat claws will find you. The only real rest comes when you're alone with God. Live in the nowhere that you came from, even though you have an address here. That's why you see things in two ways. Sometimes you look at a person and see a cynical snake. Someone else sees a joyous lover, and you're both right. Everyone is half and half, like the black and white ox. Joseph looked ugly to his brothers and most handsome to his father. You have eyes that see from that nowhere and eyes that judge distances, how high and how low. You own two shops and you run back and forth. Try to close the one that's fearful, a trap, getting always smaller. Checkmate this way. Checkmate that. Keep open the shop where you're not selling fish hooks anymore. You are the free swimming fish. I like that one right now because in this crisis, as in every crisis, there is opportunity. And I'm not talking about financial opportunity. I'm talking about personal and spiritual opportunity. I don't know if you agree. I don't know if you think, oh, for God's sake. Not that you actually meant God when you said, oh, for God's sake. (laughs) But maybe you don't see it as being anything but an awful thing that we're involved in. And I know there's fear. I know I have my own fear of my financial health. But I also know that all that talk about those horrible things they call taxes has accumulated a public wealth that we're now drawing down to help each other. And that if we hadn't done that, and if those corporations that have paid their full share, imagine how less stressed we'd be. Taxes are the public good. Spirituality is the opportunity space that we're in at the present moment in time. I want to talk a bit about this notion of things that are greater than us and how we can devolve. Uh, Donald Trump has said that America will be open again by Easter. Uh, It seems obvious to me that Mr. Trump is saying things like this because for him, there is only a view of him as the savior of the world. And that view is being challenged by events outside of his control at this moment in time. A pandemic virus. You can't see it, you can't taste it, you can't touch it, and you can't pay for it. And you can't sell it off. So he doesn't really know what to do with it, and he has no spiritual center or base within himself. I find one of the most saddening things to look at is a picture of so-called faith leaders all with their hands on each other's shoulders and then a few lucky ones with their hands on Donald Trump's shoulders in prayer. And I can't think of a man less worthy of that kind of moment in terms of his own lack of belief in anything except the supremacy of himself. A dangerous man. Somebody wrote today in social media, This presidency has been like being tied to a chair with a toddler with a loaded gun walking around in front of you. More dangerous than the virus 
is a president who actually said, and this would be my proof point for the lack of spiritual center, basically said, look, do the calculus, do the math. There'll be some people who are dead. A lot of them will be old, who cares? We need an economy that needs to be a capitalist economy. We need to get it going as soon as we can. So if some people have to die, and the rest of us, you know, get a mild case of the flu, then let's get on with it, shall we? He's echoed, of course, by a Brazilian president who has the same lack of empathy and regard and compassion, who's burning down the Amazon rainforest. So in light of that lack of spirituality, I think it more important than ever that we find our own center and not look to these other people to give us one. You know, there's this wonderful part of a prayer, a prayer of love in the morning service of Judaism, and an English translation of that prayer, Nishmat Kohai Tevarechet Shimcha Adonai Eloheinu, would say, in terms of how connected we are to everything around us, you are breathing, you are the breathing that gives life to all the worlds, and we do the breathing that gives life to all the worlds. As we breathe out what the trees breathe in, and the trees breathe out what we breathe in, so we breathe each other into life we and you. We're connected, even in this isolation. We're connected. Just a reminder, I'm Ralph Ben Murky, and this is not that kind of rabbi, my podcast. Uh, If you're interested in hearing uh, my podcast, which is usually about an interview with someone who I find interesting and getting their spiritual biography, I've had premiers of provinces, uh, rock stars, uh, people who have turned from one religion to another or one branch of a religion to another, uh, sports figures, all all kinds of people. And uh, I'd love to hear suggestions from you as well. You can uh, get in touch with me at Ralph Ben Mergi. Ben Mergi is a Moroccan name, and I'll spell the last uh, part. So Ralph, it's all one word, Ralph Ben Mergi, but uh, Ben Mergi is B E N. M-E-R-G-U-I. So get in touch with me at ralphbenmergi at gmail.com if you have ideas for people you'd like to hear me interview. Right now, in isolation with my family, thank God I have them, um, we decided, well, why not? Let's just do a, a solo blast for people to uh, to hear. So we talked a bit about some of the spiritual aspects of this crisis that we're in before you know, one of the things I, I uh, spend a lot of my time thinking about and doing, trying to do something about is the other crisis, the one that we don't seem to be able to, to motivate ourselves to believe is true and as imminent a threat as this virus, and that is climate change. I was saying to somebody, if we treated climate change with the same kind of urgency and call to action and extreme warlike war measure, that, that we're doing with this virus, we would actually be able to solve the climate crisis in three years. Uh, somebody else mentioned that in Beijing right now, the skies are blue. Air traffic is down by 70%. It's one of the worst forms of pollution. It Once you ground planes, you start to clear up your skies. Uh, pollution from cars, combustion engine cars, is down, way down. GHG emissions from factories that are had to close, way down. Now, 
am I saying let's destroy the economy so we can save the planet? Well, that's the classic argument that you get from people is you'll destroy the economy if, if you save the planet. Well, without a planet, there's no economy. So we're going to have to find a better answer than that. And there's a spiritual element to this where the two things meet. Every day, three times a day, with my wife and my children when I can, all three of them at once, and my other two boys are, one's down the street and I can't go into his house to see my grandchildren, and the other one's in another city. But with the family I have here, we take a walk, about 10,000 steps every day, 10,000 steps. And if we see people, we walk six feet away from them. We don't try to touch metal bars and playgrounds or anything like that. Um, but we're out, and we're in nature, and it's a blessing, and we have gratitude for it. And I think with all the crazy that's stopped, all the good has stopped in some cases, but, but not really. All the crazy has stopped of the way we live our lives and the mass consumption. One of my sons said to me today, I've realized how many things I'm buying I just don't need. Like, what am I thinking? But you kind of get addicted and hooked and unconscious. So this is a, a bit of a spiritual slap in the face as well as to, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is my life. It passes in the blink of an eye. How am I passing this time? What am I doing with this time? How many times have I said to somebody, can't see you, I'm too busy? Including people in your own family, because you're busy on the road, getting things done. Strange thing. You know, there's a, a beautiful uh, story I, uh, I read, it made me cry actually, of um, an Italian priest, and in Italy, so many people have been affected and so many people have died. But an Italian priest uh, who had the coronavirus, the uh, COVID-19 virus, and uh, he was offered a respirator, but knew that there was a younger man who wasn't going, this was the last respirator, he wasn't going to get this respirator if the priest took it. The priest was, I'd say, and looking at the picture of him, he looked to be about 60, and just guessing. And he actually said, give the respirator to the younger man. And he ended up dying, that priest. And I thought, you know, those robes you put on, those masses you led, the, that way of life you believed in, you lived it. <laughs> you lived it to the very end. You went further than washing the feet of the poor. You gave up your life. So what a, what a thing. What a, a time that'll bring out the best and the worst in us. And, and I have to say, I don't see a lot of examples of the worst in us. I see people being a bit oblivious at times, but I don't see the worst in us. I don't see food riots. The worst that's happened here in Canada is uh, people are hoarding toilet paper. It's the new Bitcoin. You know? Um, but uh, if that's the worst of it, bring it on. And I know we're only in the first week or two of having to live this reality, and we have many more weeks to go, and lots will, lots of people are going to go through a lot of things. But here's one of those spiritual moments as well. The idea that you're not alone. And I'm not just talking about you're not alone as other humans. You're not alone. You are part of a universal fabric of creation, of constant creation. You know, I've said before, uh, 
often. To me, God is not a noun. It's not a thing or a personage or a king or a lord. God is a verb. God is a verb. It's an action. It's happening all around you at all times, and you have to be able to open yourself to that constant pulsing creation to believe that you're not alone, not because someone is literally, in my case, I don't believe that someone is looking down at me or something is looking down at me and saying, you know, Ralph, you're doing okay. You know, Ralph, you're not doing okay. It's really about trying to harmonize myself to what's actually out there, the energy that's already the universe itself. I mean, we're literally made out of stardust, literally. And we're a small planet in a very small solar system in a rather inconsequential galaxy of which there are, by latest estimates, I believe something like 500 million galaxies, not stars, galaxies. Millions of stars in each galaxy, 500 million galaxies. So if we put ourselves in that, you know that moment when you stand by an ocean or in any great natural surrounding and you're dwarfed, you see how small everything can really be in terms of your importance which is the exact opposite of being in a very busy city with a very good job and a very nice business card and thinking, I'm rocking this. You slip on this wet rock at the ocean with a wave coming in and you're done. That's humility. And I think that there's a, an aspect of this COVID-19 crisis that should, I hope, bring out some humility in us about our way of life, but also about the fragility of our lives. That if you don't even know where it is or how it's going to be transmitted or who has it and who doesn't, you have to shrink yourself a bit and just try to find your place in your home, in your family, in your, in your life. So I don't think I'm alone, not because I think there's some thing with my name in a ledger, who is approving or disapproving of my behavior, I think I'm not alone because I'm available to what's going on around me when I'm right. And I'm so often not right for that. So often I'm out of sync with what's going on right in front of me, right behind me, right beside me. There are four archangels, right? There's a Jewish meditation that says on the right side is the angel Michael, Michal, the angel of love. On the left side, Gabriel, Gavriel, the angel of strength. In front of us, Uriel, the angel of vision, and behind us, Raphael, Raphael, my actual name, the angel of healing. We're going to need them all in this crisis. Love, strength, vision, and healing. That's what we're going to need. And however you find those things, in whatever buffet of spiritual belief you have or orthodoxy of spiritual belief you have, don't sell it to people. Live it. I think that's the best thing we can do. So where do we go from here? That's the hard part. Are we going to live through this moment and when it's over, just go back to the way it's been? Is it possible that we're going to have a paradigm shift here? That we're going to see things a bit differently because we have to now. We can't pretend it didn't happen. That we stopped the dance. 
that we connected with each other in ways we haven't in many, many years. Sometimes I believe that we've, in many cases, accepted a kind of corporate serfdom. Show up, shut up, perform. And then we send our kids to school to do the same thing. Show up, shut up, perform. Be a good worker. I always think of Henry Ford as the person who destroyed the work spirituality. Assembly lines, productivity scales, efficiencies, all these words, wage suppression, you know, labor costs. There's some very good writing out there. The Making of a Democratic Economy is one of those books. And it's really about the fact that we live in an extractive capitalism. We extract resources relentlessly without abatement from this earth. We're right in the middle of raping this planet almost out of existence. We've just been rudely interrupted in that process. And people extract labor from each other. Ring them out, throw them away. We're now down to contracting gig economies for people. One of the things laid bare by this crisis in the industrialized world is the notion of the unemployment picture. All those people who are self-employed, underemployed, gig employed, they don't count for employment or unemployment insurance as we used to call it. A kind thing to do is a basic income. But that depends on your point of view, you see, because there's a belief that people who are poor are poor because they deserve to be poor, because they're lazy. And if you give them some money, they'll waste it. I don't square going to church and saying that in any way. I don't square saying you believe in the teachings of Christ and supporting people like Donald Trump as being in any way compatible with a true spiritual life. You know, I'm not Christian, but I believe that Jesus washed the feet of the poor. I believe he accepted those who no one else would accept, the prostitutes, the money lenders, the lepers, everyone. You know, Tony Campolo is a, a man I had the pleasure of interviewing from Eastern University in Philadelphia, who is a, I guess for lack of a better word, a left-wing evangelical, a progressive evangelical. Uh, he has his beliefs, but he believes in compassion and caring more than he believes in anything else. Uh, he is somebody who I always find interesting. If you ever want a, a different way of looking at profound belief and social good, uh, Mr. Campolo would be a good place to, to look. Uh, what are we going to do? Are we going to continue to reach out to each other? I hope so. I hope we check in on each other. Make a list. Make a list of people that you care about. And uh, spend 10 minutes. you got nothing better to do for once. Isn't it great? You've got nothing better to do. I'm going to say goodbye in a minute, but there's something I do. I sing as I walk. 
I'll sing it in Hebrew, but here's what it means in English. What kind of a person pursues life and desires days of seeking good? Don't let your tongue speak evil or your lips speak lies. Turn away from evil, do good, seek peace, and follow after it. And if you sing it, it sounds like this. Mi aish ehafet ha'im O'ev yamim, o'ev yamim Nesur lishon hamera Ushvatecha midaber mirma Sur mera beasetov Bakeshalom vratfehu Mi Whatever it is, ten minutes of quiet and stillness, a prayer from your childhood, reaching out to a friend, Let's try to stay strong with each other. Let's try to do good and turn away from lies. We can do this. We can do this. And we can continue to apply the same kind of rigor and fortitude to the other perils that we will face as social injustice, of climate crisis, of alienation and loneliness. Let's remember these moments and keep them. Let's not go back to the ways of scurry and hurry and leave behind the best of us. I'm Ralph Ben Mergy. This is not that kind of rabbi. If you'd like to hear this podcast, and I have ones with people I actually interview, um, we wanted to do this one special. But if, I, if you want to hear them, uh, and you want to tell your friends, please do, and subscribe. Uh, the bare truth is the more people that listen to Not That Kind of Rabbi and enjoy it, the more chance we have of finding some funding to keep it alive. And uh, I very much enjoy doing this with people. It's, um, it's the time of my life to do this, from the householder to the forest dweller. As I get older and experience can be cultivated for any thin thread of wisdom I would like to share it with you you take care of each other and uh, keep the faith, keep yourself strong be well
This podcast has been produced by TMDS and accelerated by Rome Phone. Rome Phone brings you the most reliable virtual phone service to run your business and protect your home number 24-7.